I'm rolling right the now. The only thing I've done is We're good. it to my friends and family to save their lives. And I'm not telling you to take anything. I'm telling you when you the FDA approves it. Get it on shelves. This is unbelievable. No, Anderson Cooper is grilling the my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, early in the afternoon on Tuesday. I just want to see people save lives and get back to normalcy. Because Lindell came up with this bullshit cure for coronavirus. He was pushing it the other day. Have you seen this, Britt? I, 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 is it, what's he doing? What is the cure? It, it's not a cure, obviously. It's some, it's some plant that kills you. Oh, is this the Oleander leaves yes. thing? Is yes. Is that what it is? Yeah, let, 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 let's listen. He, he's like Trump. He won't give up. Anderson Cooper keeps nailing him to the floor for all the illicit business practices he's been uh, hit for and fines and the rest. Listen to this. Here we go. You were put on the board of this company and get a financial stake in this That's product. a lie. That's so, a lie. That's a lie. I don't have the ear of the president on that. You, you didn't help arrange a meeting with the president and, I, and folks the, in this the, company? The, the, the task force did. Ben Carson's on the task force. I was in there. He was in there. You, you took Ben Carson. To you got Ben Carson to go with you to the president. No, Ben Carson was informed of this Easter Sunday. <laughs> Anything I hear good out there, I right. bring it to the task force. You attended a meeting, though, with the president and Ben Carson and people from this company, right? One one person and then and, uh, in there, and we just he just wanted to be informed like he does on every good. Okay. I, I, uh, this guy's an idiot. This guy's this, the worst. Wait, this is one of those moments where they catch an interview like this and they don't break for commercial. They just go and go and go. This could go on for an hour. Nonstop, because yeah. this guy won't give an inch, and Anderson Cooper comes with the facts. It, it's it's like the one best. Of those, it's like one of those cricket matches that goes on for like a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep going and going and going. Because I, I was positive that Lindell was going to be the host next week for the RNC. He was going to be the Eva Longoria well, wait a minute. They, they, of the they, RNC. They said that, that stupid suburban couple over in St. Louis that had their, their polo shirts and their AKs, they've been invited to speak. At yeah, the, but uh, I'm talking about being a host, a host the way like, Eva yeah. Longoria is. Yeah, I mean, oh, anybody can be a guest. Yeah, that that's not a that, that Eva Longoria, that's a, that's a fine slice of pecan pie, isn't it? Uh, is it just me or is that? No, but you, you, you basically undercut yourself as a as an open-minded liberal who doesn't I judge said, people I for, said for all the worse. reasons that you yeah. I could have said much worse. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, you you would have said you would have given up everything in your life for one night with her or something yes. sick like that. Yes, you do no. that, but one, you didn't. One, a but hug. Didn't. Everything that I own for one hug, one smell of her sensuous hair. Oh. She's, she's also a very bright woman, a good businesswoman, and she happens to be extremely articulate. She's all of those things in addition to, oh, my God, she happens to be attractive. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. But I, There I, you go. You use I, the A word, articulate. There you go. Oh, she did is. Did it again. She's good. Do you... Um, how much did you end up watching last night? Most in of real it. time. In real Most time. Most of it. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that Michelle Obama was so good because it overshadows several pretty good speeches. I mean, Bernie was very good. Amy Klobuchar was very good. They all said the exact right stuff. But then Michelle Obama, come on. Forget it. Forget it. She's incredible. Yeah. I. Uh, the first half hour, I was a little worried. Okay. okay? First half hour, I was very, very concerned, and then it seemed to get the focus that you you needed, and they did a good job of combining real people with the politicians who all wanted to get their their shot. And I think when you 
think about how crappy conventions have been, how unwatchable they have been really your whole life and probably the life of your mother and your grandmother. You know, they're unwatchable. They always are unwatchable. They're terrible. They've tried to jazz it up. In, in the technology age with more and more graphics and holograms and shit, it but it's, it's, it does, it's, it's awful. It's, there's yeah, nothing but, to it. But the format has essentially remained the same since, yes. you know, 1860. That's it's true. not really that much different. And uh, when someone walks out onto the stage in a large arena, whether it's in Cleveland or Philadelphia or Phoenix or wh- wherever they have it, and, of course... Half of the people at any given moment are never paying attention. Of course. Uh, except for the, the main speaker. You know, the president gets up there, all right, everybody pays attention. But other than that, you, you, you really gotta be something special to, to, to grab the audience. And I'll give you an example. The, uh, the young woman, I think she's from Arizona, who had what I think was the, the best zinger line of the night, which is, you know, my, my late father's only real pre-existing condition was trusting Donald Trump. Ouch. Uh, and then he he did die of, of coronavirus. And she was, you know, one-on-one into the camera, speaking well. If she would have been on stage in a large arena, there's no way she could have been able to connect as well yeah. as she did. I think that's right. With just the the uh, the straight on uh, zoom type situation that was there so you know what i th- i think you're never going to see a convention go back to the way they used to look again it's never going to happen well certain people need the crowd some pe- certain people can play to the crowd i thought bernie needed a crowd michelle obama can do very well with the crowd i think in an intimate setting like she like happened on monday night she's so much better Brit, if Bernie Sanders would have had a crowd, okay, <laughs> what would have happened? He would have gotten booed. He would have, people would have screamed, no, 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 not by you, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. I'm there telling you. A lot of, there would have been a lot of cheers, too. There would have been a lot of overwhelming cheers, and that's that, what democracy is, and it's messy, it, and that's how it should be. It's not about him. He made it about Joe Biden. I th- and, and if you'll notice, Bernie Sanders slowed down. He wasn't frantic, Bernie. He wasn't Larry David caricature of, of Bernie Sanders, Bernie. He was very measured. I think this played to their their strengths all the way through, all the way well, everybody, through. And, and it's a lesson to everybody else. Not like these people need any advice from me or anything about public speaking, but you do have to tailor it to a very different environment than you might be used to. It doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been doing this, whether you're Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton or you're uh, Chuck Schumer or, you know, that Barack Obama guy, he's pretty good, but he might be able to, I could give him a couple pointers. All of those, that you have to be able to tailor it to that very intimate setting, and the really good speakers like Michelle Obama will be able to do that incredibly effectively. Mm. Well, um, imagine if everything would have bombed on the first night. They'd never be able to climb out of it. They would never be able to climb out of it. And Truly, that, there's no excuse because right. they weren't do, they weren't doing it live. They were able to get takes and put it together. If you if you blow at that, you you deserve to just die a thousand deaths. Well, but you did you did have there was a mixture of live and and and, and recorded. But the stuff that was but, uh, the, the big speeches were recorded. If you had a bad take, if you got dry mouth, you didn't have to Marco Rubio in real time. You could you could stop the tape. You could stop the sorry. There I go using that word. 
but you could go and you could get another take on it and get a better take of, of what you wanted to do. So there, there was really no excuse, and, and the people who are putting this together know exactly what they're doing. At this point in time, they're doing See, exactly what they need to do. I don't, I don't mean to uh, mansplain this to you, but I take my I take my cues from Donald Trump, and uh, apparently he thinks that not only is Michelle Obama in over her head, one of his criticisms, but that it's so pathetic that she wasn't live. Yeah, I and saw that's. This. I mean, if, and by the way. Is that the best you've got? It is. It's all he's got. Yeah, she, she throws down a fantastic speech. She right. gets the one zinger. It is what it is in there, which had tremendous. She didn't overplay it. She didn't go too hard with it. She she touched it exactly as it should have been touched, and it landed exactly as it should have been landed. And all he can do is, man, she shouldn't like she. You know, he, she's in over her head as the first cousin of lightweight. She's a lightweight. That, that, that's what he's trying to say and trying to be dismissive of her. And she kicked ass. This is all they can do. This is, the, again, the, uh, the, the brother of Barack Obama was completely inappropriate at John Lewis's funeral. When Barack Obama gave like one of the greatest speeches maybe of, of the year, if not the decade, and they just try to throw little pebbles at it, any possible way they could. It just isn't working. I don't even think that shit's playing with the Fox crowd. Mm. I, I don't. I don't think any of that stuff is even even with their base. I, I think they look at Michelle Obama and they hate her, but I think they also realize she does connect and she's a pretty good speaker. And there's not this flaming, you know, she's not the angry black woman that they try to project her to be. She's not moving her neck around and she's not doing any of that shit. And she's not she's she's able to connect with people in a very real way and they can't handle it. And that's why they have to do anything. You know, she didn't have to take four breaths there. She could have taken three. Anything they can do. She blinked too much. Wait a minute, Britt. I see. Again, I, I, I hate to, to bust your bubble, but I can already predict that next week when the real first lady of this country, not the former, the fired first lady, Michelle Obama, you know, she was fired. Fire. You do realize they had to just kick her out. Cause they just got a cardboard box, packed her shit up, and right, escorted right. her out. But when, when the real first lady delivers, the uh, the reviews will be, oh, my God, Michelle Obama should be embarrassed after that great – That is your great immigrant story in America yeah, right there, exactly. Melania. That's the, that is the great immigrant story. Fuck that, that, that whole Hamilton play. That was stupid. This is what you should be talking about when it comes to immigrants, and that is Melania because she's right. done such a great job. Right, and, well, and I think the, the, the setup for the rest of the week – I, I think the, uh, the the three hosts the next three nights. Um, it's uh, Carrie Washington, uh, Tracy uh, uh, Ross, okay, yeah, Tracy and then the, the last night is Julia Louis Dreyfus, wow. okay. So you have three of the four nights, um, uh, women of color, minorities, if you will, and. Uh, uh, It'll be really fun to watch the Republicans play the we can out minority you and you know, <laughs> and they will they they will do that they, you I think know Dim I think Diamond and Silk have a new book out and they're bitching about how Fox News had systemic racism in it or something like that yeah, <laughs> I really they, think that's a yeah, thing. I think they can be forgiven let's bring them back for the convention <laughs> <laughs> we need Diamond and Silk for night three of the Republican convention. <laughs> 
Uh, do you want to do, uh, do you want to do Susan B. Anthony or do you want to do Paul Manafort? Which, which way do you want to go here? A, a dealer's let's choice. Go, let, let's go Susan first because, right. uh, by the way, and by the way, before we pick one, let me just say both are worthy of pardons if you ask me. <laughs> exactly. Equally. <laughs> President Trump today said that he would pardon Susan B. Anthony, the women's suffragist who was arrested after voting illegally in 1872 and charged a $100 fine. As he tried to appeal to female voters, this is the 100th anniversary of that 19th Amendment, Brad, which did give women the right to vote in the United States. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I thought he was worried about voter fraud now, so when there was real voter fraud, according to the laws of the time... He lets it go. He he lets it go. And whatever happened to, we can't apply our standards today to what was going on in the country back then. We can't judge slave owners of that time by our stand. Whatever happened to that? So in this case, that's a good pander. Oh, that's going to work. Oh, that's going to that's going to change the the, uh, the the women's view. Of, 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 are you of ready Donald for my you ready for my tag on this one? Go. That Medal of Freedom for Jane Fonda can't be far behind. <laughs> <laughs> The pardon appeared to be an effort to distract from the Democratic National Convention. This is Maggie Haberman and Katie Rogers. Writing God, in the stop Republican. trying, please. Just just give it up. Stop. And narrow the historically large gender gap that has him trailing Joe Biden in the White House race. She was never pardoned. Did you know that? She was never pardoned, Mr. <laughs> Trump said. What took so long? Mr. Trump teased the pardon as he traveled on Air Force One on Monday, telling reporters he was going to erase the conviction of someone very, very important. So I, I don't even, again, I don't even know if it, among the Fox News crowd, is this going to, to land? Is this, is this a, the, the magic bullet, the silver bullet for those suburban women is, in uh, Pittsburgh uh, and Cleveland and absolutely. Columbus? Of course. It's, it's a, it's a winner. It. It's, it's, it's huge. In See, Madison this, and Milwaukee and Philadelphia, this is going to turn things around. Well, didn't he pardon Jack Johnson? He the did. And also, didn't he say he was going to with Muhammad Ali? Wasn't that well, another thing that he was going to do? What for for uh, avoiding the draft and yeah, going I to thought, jail? And yes, I think that was he was going losing to losing his, his right to box for three years. I don't. Did he ever do that? I don't. Really I think don't. it was just one of those things he said he was yeah. going to do that he didn't right. that didn't need to be done and couldn't be done, but he said he was going to do it. Right, because then, the then he pants. figured out the white racists who support him still don't like Muhammad Ali. There they did some. They did enough, some market research. Yeah. There's still enough white people around who were calling uh, Muhammad Ali the N word back in 1968 and 69. To, to, right. they can't, they're still driving the train a little bit. The Trump Right. train, if you will, so he couldn't do that. Right. So you got to wonder, who scours the history books or the the uh, the chase calendar of uh, annual events for things that we can try to manipulate to make Donald feel good? Who who do you think is in charge of that? Because that's what this is. This, this means that uh, last week somebody looked ahead on the calendar and said, oh, we have the 100th anniversary of the women's vote. What are we going to do about it, considering that just like with Republican revisionism about Martin Luther King, if you think for one second that someone like Donald Trump or the the core of his supporters would have been for women getting the right to vote 100 years ago, you're nuts. Okay, they would have been on the other side of this issue. If Donald Trump doesn't stand for white, rich, male, land-owning, property-owning, business-owning people being the ones who make the decisions and therefore 
get the vote as was more common at the beginning of the country, right, when the vote was really, really restricted practically, it's Donald Trump. So does he not? uh, He doesn't. Of course he doesn't. And if he does, it doesn't matter. Every move that he makes like this is transparently hypocritical, false, phony, and has not a ring of credibility to it. So next, go to Manafort. What's with Manafort right now? Well, the Paul Manafort situation is that Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was closely, worked closely with, rather, with a Russian intelligence officer who may have been involved in the hack and release of Democratic emails during the election. This is coming from a Senate Intelligence Committee. They concluded that in a bipartisan report today. So if Manafort was working very closely with someone who may or may not who may have been involved with the hack of those Democratic emails in 2016. It is the furthest U.S. officials have gone in describing Konstantin Kilnick, a longtime Manafort business associate, as an agent of the Russian government. This disclosure was part of the committee's fifth and final installment of its investigation into the Kremlin's interference in the 2016 presidential election. In particular, the committee's investigation found that Manafort represented a grave counterintelligence threat due to his relations with Kilnick, and other Russians connected to the country's intelligence services. This is a bombshell conclusion that underscores how Russia developed a direct pipeline to the upper echelons of the U.S. presidential campaign. I don't believe we have had Donald Trump pooping all over U.S. intelligence as of yet, but let me check the Twitter feed, Brad. I'm sure that's forthcoming. Well, uh, nice try. (laughs) Nice try, big boy, but I have a three-word response to that. You ready? Ready? Here it is. Ready? Where's Hunter Biden? Phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't have a a, a a lot of comeback on that one, do you? Boom. Yeah, yeah. This is the latest tweets from the president from nine minutes ago. The Democrats have to start invo- enforcing law and order in their cities and states. New York City, Chicago, and Portland are a total disaster. Disaster is all caps. That's nine minutes ago. Right. Well, w- whenever uh, law and order. Uh, seems to be uh, worming its way into the Trump administration in trying to enforce the laws and protect the uh, the order that has been in the United States overall and its place in the world for 230 years. He brings up street-level law and order in, in major cities as if uh, uh, the Democratic Party is part and parcel to being responsible for for uh, people breaking windows and and doing all kinds of shit like that and and I don't think it's going to work now I think if we can play the prediction game here that next week the uh, Republican National Committee is going to put on a four day Mad Max dystopian end of the world view You're right that's of, of what will happen and uh, you know they're they're gathering all the video from around the country here. And uh, making it appear as if what you're seeing right now under the Trump administration <laughs> is what you would be seeing in the future under a Biden administration, as if, by the way, a particular president has uh, street street level um, uh, uh, control over what goes on in 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 cities and. You know, Trump keeps threatening, and I could go in there and clean this up in five minutes. You know, that may be, it won't be a surprise. It'll be the, the September and October moves to try to amp up, you know, 
fighting in the streets. I don't know. I mean, right? Isn't isn't that where we're, we seem to be going? Isn't that where he wants to go? Don't well, the you appeal, think? The, the appeal very clearly in what they've said is you will. And this is what the, the slogan they've come up with is that you will not be safe in Joe Biden's America. And what they mean is white people, you will not be safe in Joe Biden's America. That's what they're appealing to. That the the hippies, the Antifa, the black folks, the Hispanics, they're going to rape and kill you and burn your house down. That's essentially so, uh, the message from the Trump campaign, and that's what you're going to be hearing over and over again, I think, right. at the Republican convention. Well, it's going to be a, a, a four-day elongated version of his inauguration speech, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, the dystopian, that's correct. Right, right. The uh, the, the, the whole view of the, the country going down the tubes, and only expect, he can save it, right? Only he can keep it I would expect the... The scenes from Portland and uh, all that stuff and the looting and fire and stuff, they would be set that with some uh, Wagner music and they would all all of those things, yeah. very shadowy graphics and shit. Like, I, I would assume that would be going nonstop during the uh, Republican convention. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't I don't think it's going to work. I don't think you can run a 1968 campaign in 2020. It's a different country. It's a different time. The problems are different. And uh, if they think they can go for four days and ignore the coronavirus and ignore the 170 plus thousand deaths, if 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 they think they can pull that off, they're dead wrong. If 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 they think that they can get out there and say, well, all we need to do is have college football. Hey, congratulations to the University of North Carolina for finally canceling classes a week after a bunch of breakouts of the coronavirus, but announcing, yes, we're still going to play football. Okay, way to go. Way to go. Congratulations, Carolina. You just went down the tubes. But, of course, they're in the ACC, and I guess they're not allowed to go rogue against their own league. How does that work? How does that work, Britt? You're missing the obvious joke here. You won't be able to get your fake degree from Carolina in person. You're going to have to do it online now. (laughs) (laughs) That that has to be. And I, I can't believe that the Duke people and the state people have not made that joke already. I can't believe that. I have to come up with their lines for them, but that's a perfect one. But no, they're. Uh, thank God, you know, you saw the, you saw the uh, the editorial in the Daily Tar Heel, the student paper there, which is, has a, you know, it's one of the top student newspapers really, I think, in America, and they they said we have a clusterfuck on our hands. That was the headline of the of the piece, and it was not too shortly after that that the you know the administration said we're throwing in the towel, we can't do it. But you're right, football goes on because I, football I, football I, I is just, king. I don't understand. First of all. It, and, and, and let's just for the sake of the argument to say stupid things here because it's a whole stupid subject. Let's just pretend that Carolina is a football school, which it's not. Okay. okay? okay let's pretend. But for the, for the purposes of the discussion, they're saying that they are a, a football school. Yeah, How so do you do that? How do you put football players at a level that this school, which had all kinds of problems, all kinds of scandal with cheating and helping football players take mythical bullshit classes just a few years ago where they have just begged the world to allow them to climb out of this and how do we get our reputation back, what would make them think that right now is the moment to say no more classes for the safety of the students but football still is the priority. What are they think? Are they trying to destroy the University of North Carolina on a permanent basis? Is that what they're trying to do? 
Well, I, I can't even answer the question because there is no answer to that. I mean, uh, and also this is a, a, you know, a university that has supposedly had some sort of come to Jesus meeting with its racial past. And yet here you are trying to exploit, minor, you know, a, a majority of folks who are minorities playing this football. And they're essentially trying to get degrees, which you've already established over the past few years, have been fake degrees for nothing more than financial gain. I don't think that's a good look for the University of North Carolina. I may be completely wrong about that, but I don't think that's a good look. I don't think the optics are good. I don't think the reality of it is good. And I don't, I, I don't understand how, it, again, you don't have some sort of reflection upon that. But, yeah, again, full speed ahead, the big brains in Chapel Hill have got this all worked out, and, and I don't know what I'm talking about. I have yeah. no clue what I'm talking about. Again, I, you're not an administrator. I'm not an administrator. But if I was going to fulfill my real role on standing up for the students, the faculty, and the reputation of the University of North Carolina, I would have, the moment that they said no more in-person classes, that would just by definition say, and of course, we're not going to be able to play football. It's not feasible. It doesn't make sense. And it's just the wrong thing to do. And if the uh, ACC wants to kick UNC out of its conference, good luck to them trying to do have that. Have fun. Have fun. Have, with ha- that. have fun. But you know, we we said this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. There isn't going to be college football, and I'll be shocked if there's NFL. Well, that, that also, tangentially, yeah. they've announced, this is what you're supposed to be excited about today. They've announced their new three-man booth for the Monday Night Football telecast on ESPN, which starts September the 14th, Brad. So you, you Less be, than a month from now? Yeah. yeah you're, you're supposed to, like, like nothing is happening. Like, absolutely nothing is happening. It would be like the, it would be like the captain of the Titanic saying, all right, well, I know things are going pretty badly right now, but tonight for dinner, we're going to have mussels. If you like those, those are fantastic. And also, and they I mean, booked seriously. a second band. They've booked a second band to play. <laughs> yeah, this first band, once they drown, this, yeah, these guys, they do like the Flying Burrito Brothers. It's so good. Wait till you, yeah. honestly, I mean, I, I don't know what world I'm stuck in here that the Disney Corporation feels like, eh, cause right now, as, as we speak, nobody in, in the NBA and their little bubble idea, none of that's, nobody's died. The people who have tested positive in Major League Baseball, they seem to have come back. That seems to have been forgiven. And the NHL, I don't even know if the NHL has even had one positive test. So as long as that's the case. The NBA hasn't had a positive test either. The NBA, you you know what? And and guess what? What was the first league to face this head on? It was the NBA. And, and, And so because they were first and because they were early and because they had a chance to think about what they were doing, and because it's easier to work with uh, rosters of, of 11 people instead of 45 or 60 or however, however many are on an NFL team, uh, they made the now, in retrospect, very wise decision to not have everybody travel around the country. The the NFL, I assume, is, is and of course, I don't even have to assume. It's a fact. They want people to move around the country and fly around and play games in stadiums like the idiots in baseball are doing. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. Base- How's that working? Didn't baseball have the option to to uh, go to, out to to uh, uh, some 
isolated location where there's where there are some stadiums. But I guess the problem was if Arizona and Florida are two hot spots, so that kind of killed that, didn't it? Kind of destroyed. Well, you, there there would have been a, certainly a way to do it. There would have been a way to have all the West Coast teams yeah. at one location, all the East Coast teams at one location, all the Midwest teams at one location. Hmm. You could have made it happen, but they did. They decided not to go with that. Right. And they they again. No big names have died. Everybody's recovered so far. So as long as Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, you know Mike Trout, as long as these people don't die, I guess everything's going to be fine, and we're just full speed ahead. Uh-huh. We're just going to okay. be full speed ahead. Hang on, the mail's here. Oh, we have some mail news. Oh, there is some mail news? Yeah, our, our, our good friend and neighbor, the Postmaster General of the United States, Louis DeJoy, uh, has announced, as of today... That, uh, let's see here. He is suspending the recent policies that he enacted that they lied about that actually have slowed down the mail delivery throughout the United States. So, Mr. DeJoy, why do you have to suspend those policies if you were saying that it wasn't slowing down the mail? The answer is because they were, and now you're copping to it. This is according to Jeff Bennett of, of NBC News. He says he didn't want to give any appearance of impropriety by slowing down the mail oh, delivery because no, no. we're all just imagining this, oh, right? Oh no, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and 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 the the uh, the stories around the country of veterans already not getting their medicine or uh, having it uh, scheduled to come the third week in September instead of this week. Those are just those are just made up out of out of whole cloth, all right? So to avoid even the appearance of any impact on election mail. I am suspending these initiatives until after the election is concluded. And he says he's going to stop removing mail processing equipment and collection boxes until after the election. And overtime hours will continue to be approved and needed to process mail. So, of course, that's to answer the the true charge that they were just letting mail pile up and not get delivered on time which I assume the plan was to have so much mail building up into September and then in October that when the sadly predictable millions of of ballots are mailed the last four or five days, they will claim they can't get them in on time, allowing Donald Trump to say the election is bullshit and I've been cheated, and I'm not leaving the White House. This means uh, that the, yeah. the Bolshevik group of Antifa idiots that you gathered at uh, Louis DeJoy's house, that you helped yeah. inspire, they won, Brad. The mob has won. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel pretty proud of it. Now, the, to, to, to try, to, to, try to, to, to soothe the nerves of the president, who is now being rattled by this, as you know, the uh, the Senate Oversight Committee is leapfrogging the House, who is going to have DeJoy next week, and they're having him come in on Friday. And that's the committee, It's the uh, I think it's the Oversight Committee, that is chaired by, I think, the person who may be the dumbest senator in, in all. And, and there's a lot of candidates, but Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, he dumb. is just a complete tool, a, a total toad. And uh, I, I assume that because the Republicans run this committee, because it's in the Senate, that they think that they have an advantage uh, in, in, in putting DeJoy on there to not allow him to be made to look as bad as he deservedly should be made to look because of what's gone on 
the last few weeks in this country regarding the postal service. But we, we shall see. The Democrats get their chance to question him, too. So uh, uh, on on it goes. And It'll be uh, an interesting. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. On Friday but don't you think that, that, that last night at the uh, first night of the Democratic Convention, it was mentioned over and over and over again, and this is what we've been thinking about around here the, the last few weeks, that the true antidote to uh, Trump trying to mess up with the mail and, and, and get everything screwed up is for people to get that application early, fill out the ballot, send it in in September or early October, and it'll get delivered, uh, no questions asked. And uh, it is amazing how everyone has come up with running the numbers here that even a hundred million ballots in uh, thrown into a system that delivers, you know, 400 million pieces a day, uh, uh, you know, a trillion pieces a number. It, it isn't, it, it isn't a big deal unless someone intentionally tries to screw things up at the end. And, you know, you, the, the awareness level, I think, is really, really high. What are the Republicans going to do? What are they going to say about the mail next week? The answer, of course, is nothing. Okay. It's they can't, fine. They're making they, a they big can't, deal out of nothing. They cannot, even as, as bad as they are, they cannot come on and say, we're the Republicans. Vote for us. The election is fixed. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you can't combine those messages into a, a convention that by definition is always supposed to show the best side of your side. It just, it, it, it doesn't work well. It's, it, it, but uh, they may try. They may try. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I think they're going to say that the, that the Democrats are trying to perpetuate voter fraud through the postal system and then crying about well, all that. Uh, yes. I think I, that's, yes. I think excuse that's, me. I forgot. They're going to turn every thing that is up, down, black, white, left, right on exactly. this issue. It'll be the Democrats who've been trying to mess with the U.S. <laughs> postal service, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. It'll be Obama's postmaster general who put the system in place that Trump has been trying to fix, right? That that's an old chestnut. I'm just making that one up on the fly here. I, I, but he's done DeJoy, that twenty different times with other things, right? I think DeJoy had to had to change uh, gear because a lot of the Trump voters were complaining to him that their miniature Confederate statues weren't getting to their house in time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he had to Did did you see the uh the today's Mike Luckovich cartoon out of Atlanta? No, I haven't seen it. It's got two people. They're walking by a a, a blue a post office box to drop your mail in, and sitting on top of it is a Confederate statue. So, so wait. So one guy says to the other one, "Well, Trump's going to leave this one up, okay? He didn't want a statue to be torn down." Exactly. <laughs> you see, and that's two issues. You see, the, again, the, the it's, a, it's a confluence. They have a, the, the callback. You know? Right, 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 right. New York Times says Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, who has come under fire for his continuing financial ties to a company that does business with the Postal Service, received $1.2 million to $7 million in income last year from that firm. According to financial disclosure forms reviewed by the New York Times, Mr. DeJoy continues to hold $25 million to $50 million in that company, XPO Logistics, where he served as the chief executive until 2015. I think that's a local company. I believe that's a co- company that works around here. Well, they work everywhere. They're big. They're they're I, right. They're I they're think, the ones right he, behind UPS and FedEx. I mean, yeah, they're, I think they're, they're, they're big. 
I think he had their headquarters either in High Point or in Greensboro at one time. He served as the chief executive until 2015 and was a board member until 2018. Documents filed with the Office of Government Ethics show Mr. Joy also received millions of dollars in rental payments from XPO through leasing agreements at buildings that he owns. Now, Brit, Brit, let's face it. If if this wasn't the story behind Louis DeJoy, we'd be surprised. Well, there is not one member. There's not one member of Trump's cabinet or someone who gets appointed to a high position that doesn't have some kind of screaming uh, political or financial conflict of interest that under normal circumstances, and we're not under normal circumstances, would make them ineligible for the position. So there's, there's, there's not one bit of surprising news there. It's horrible news. It's predictable news. But it surprises no one. And uh, the answer always is when you say, well, he should be fired. He should resign. The answer always is, well, don't worry. Trump will find somebody worse. (laughs) Is that how it always works? I think also, you know, he's this is really an unethical and everything else. But when you compare it to the other cabinet members of the Trump family, this guy's a piker, kind of. He's not he's not even doing, you know, that's the sad part is we've become so used to other people that are, who are egregiously acting and, and raking in money in, in unethical ways and clearly illegal ways that this guy, this barely, this is like a speeding ticket. Well, but really? the problem is that th- th- you may call this a speeding ticket, but this affects the country. This affects sure the election. This affects the future. You know, as, as bad as... Uh, 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 what's his name? The Wilbur Mill, not Wilbur Mills, Wilbur Ross, right. Wilbur Mills. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> Jesus God, class. how old are you? Hold on, Jesus. Tell the class who Wilbur Mills is. <laughs> the head of the House Ways and Means Committee, and uh, he's most notorious for uh, uh, getting drunk and falling into the uh, Potomac River, the tidal basin. And he was at a, a strip club with a woman named Fanny Fox. And the award for yeah, most there. obscure reference on today's podcast goes to. <laughs> I win that. One. Wilbur, yeah, you, so Wilbur, you know, the, the, these guys are, are, are all have conflict of interest uh, issues with the industries that they are supposedly uh, either regulating or that they are the uh, cabinet secretaries of agencies that would be regulating. But uh, uh, those aren't an immediate and present danger to the future survival of a 230 year old democracy that we like to call the United States of America the way this issue is. And it, uh, you know, Trump just keeps feeding off of it and keeps lying about it. Even to this very hour that we're speaking, he, he, he continues on. And, uh, so this, this is a big deal. It, 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 it's, it's disgraceful. And just from, from my, I think I'm about the same age as this guy, Louis DeJoy. Okay. I don't know how old he is. You're look, a lot look. more attractive. Let me just say this. You are a, a better-looking man. That's than not that. saying a lot. That, that's not saying a lot. How is? I mean, he must be in his early 60s, right? Something like that. I think that. that's about right. Yeah. And at this point in your life, you've got more money than you can ever count. Okay? You just... the the the, the What drives you? What side of greed drives you to use the mechanisms of the government through friendships, through contributions, through all kinds of what drives you to make that extra ten or twenty million dollars when you've got you know a billion four and I don't understand it. 
I don't understand it. Because, and he'll be, by the way, he will be, he'll be 63 at some point. He's younger. He's younger than I am. A couple of years. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I almost have as much money as he. I'm, I'm real close. Okay. I'll tell you this. DeJoy did not deserve to be born in that golden year of 1955. So f him. He doesn't get that. Right. He doesn't right. get so that. He was born in 57 or something. That's correct. That's exactly right. 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 Suck on right, we didn't want him in '55. That's right. You don't. But, you but, don't but there is a point. There is a point where once you have enough money that you know you're going to be comfortable, everything after that is, in my opinion, weird ego, well, horrible ego. But to combine that with the destruction of your country under that guise, I think is such a hor- it, it It's unspeakable. It's unspeakable how Certainly terrible unnecess- it is. It's unnecessary and extraneous. We'll finish yeah. with this. Calling President Trump unfocused and undisciplined, a former chief of staff at the Department of Homeland Security, has endorsed former Vice President Joe Biden's bid for the presidency. This gentleman's name is Miles Taylor. Yeah. Given what I've experienced in the administration, I have to support Joe Biden for president. This is in an op-ed or in a video, but he also wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post yesterday. And even though I'm not a Democrat, even though I disagree on key issues, I am confident Joe Biden will protect the country. I'm confident he won't make the same mistakes as this president. Uh, Taylor is a lifelong Republican who served as a former DHS secretary, uh, as Kirsten Nielsen's chief of staff. He details what he saw working day to day. I don't know if you read the piece, but he talks about how they would be called in at a moment's notice to try to figure out what color that that wall at the Mexican-U.S. border should be and whether uh, spray paint was something that was logistically possible. These were the sort of things that were peppered with homeland security, and uh, that is part of the reason that he is coming out against Donald Trump and in favor of Joe Biden's presidency. Uh, he says he says that um, Donald Trump w- was kept, puts America in a less safe position, and Donald Trump has already called him disgruntled, Brad. This man right. is a disgruntled, He's a disgruntled loser employee who he never – I never met him. I don't even know who it is. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get the full – the full treatment, but you know th- these defections, if you want to call them that, you know the John Kasich uh, move, the uh, the other couple Republicans, um, Susan Molinari last night, former Congresswoman from New York City. Um, these people are providing a visual off ramp for other Republicans, for our former friends who we don't speak to anymore, who in our hearts we know know that Donald Trump is full of shit, right? But that they have been so invested into not admitting that they've been wrong, that they've been conned all these years, that, you know, they they double down, they dig in, they do all those kind of things. We've talked about this, you know, a billion times. Um, but to have those folks appear at the Democratic Convention is a good thing. Now, do you think do you think that the Republicans and I can answer my own question, there are going to try to dig up Democrats who voted for Hillary Clinton and or Barack Obama in the last few elections who have seen the greatness of Donald Trump and are now voting Republican to try to counteract the John Kasichs of the world. But, but and by the way, I do not think there is one I don't either. active or uh, uh, retired lately kind of politician who fits into that category. Do you? Do you know of any no. who have, have come over unless no. they're paid shills over on Fox? And Absolutely. I don't even think there are any of those. Right? No, they're, no, they're, they're going to have to troll the streets on that one. Right. Um, so. 
I, I did read the story about this guy yesterday, and it's 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 pretty compelling because you know. Last time I checked, Homeland Security, a pretty big deal. Now, some people think that uh, knowing what color the uh, fence is going to be painted, that that's frivolous. I think it's very important. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an important thing. Don't you remember when Trump went to the fence, whatever new fence was being built to replace whatever old fence was there, and he went out of his way to say that we found the blackest paint ever. Because the blacker the paint, the hotter it gets, and the harder it is for them to climb over it. Didn't, you remember that? Yeah, we want to fry them in addition to, <laughs> to keeping them out of the country. That's right. That's right. That's so. Uh, um, I, I don't. I don't think this is a great day for uh, for Trump. He can fly around the country and say stupid shit, which he just continues to say every day. Please and he do. thinks this is. He thinks this is taking the spot. If this is taking. At any level, the, the the total news spotlight off the Democrats, it's not to his advantage. It's not to, to to help him because he's saying really, really stupid things. Like uh, yesterday, the the line about well, if I don't win the election, then it's automatically rigged. Today, the headline is he says the country again might have to do the election over again because the outcome will be unclear as he doubles down on claims that mail ballots will lead to widespread fraud. So he's 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 all in on this. He is all in on this. He's and the dictator. Si- right. This the si- right. The the dictator is all in and the silence of the Republican lambs is of course as always deafening and you know and, and I know that uh, senators like the one in our state, Tom Tillis, they are shitting in their pants. They should. They can't defend it, and they can't criticize it. What a great position to put other people in. Oh, but I forgot. He doesn't care what kind of position he puts, even people who he alleges are his allies, who probably hate his guts more than we do when he does these kinds of things. And uh, uh, I like the look so far for the Democrats uh, we'll see how how night two goes. Um, now tonight, I think, is Tracy Ellis Ross. I think she is the, uh, okay. the host tonight. Okay? Brad and Brit.com.